Hello ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the second installment of Autoflower 101, taught by the one and only at Firebuds 101, and hosted by yours truly, Jesse B of The Autoflower Show, brought to you in part by Dynomyco and TMB Naturals. I would first like to send a huge shout out to the sponsors that have made this class possible, at Dynomyco, at TMB underscore naturals, at Future Harvest Development, at Trimbag, at Honor Cannabis, at Firebuds Genetics, at FGI underscore lighting, and at Microbial Mass. And that's microbial with two eyes, everybody. And a special thanks goes to at Miss Firebuds for organizing the wheel of names for the weekly giveaways. Secondly, I would like to thank you, the audience. Each and every one of you make organizing, teaching, and hosting this class worth every second. If you like the class and the rest of my content, or you're simply interested in using some of the same products that I do, I invite you to support the show via Patreon. Patreon.com forward slash The Autoflower Show. There's two options for subscription. The first is a support tier. At $5 a month, you can help keep the show and its content flowing. The second tier is $20 a month, but it comes with perks and bonus content, as well as annual incentives from TMB Naturals, Microbial Mass, and Firebuds Genetics. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash The Autoflower Show. Now, without further ado, let's get settled into our seats because class is about to commence. Okay, I got the request in. Uh, what's up, guys? Yes. Hey, what's going on, boys? Josh and Daryl, how are you beauties doing? Doing great, man. How about you? Doing great. I'm doing great, man. Thank you guys so much for coming. It's super exciting. Absolutely, man. Anytime you know we're here for the show, it's our pleasure. Fucking right. It's been evident time and time again. Um, okay, so, yeah. How are you? Like, what's going on? How are you guys doing today? Things are good. Uh, you know, can't complain. We're... We're heading into September here with uh, full force, and uh, we're glad to be a part of the show again. Thanks for uh, the invite. We really Fucking appreciate right, it. Fucking man. Now, it's a perfect timing because we just added our TMB last week, so. Right on, right? Yeah. We'd like to hear. Pick up the fire. How you doing? Hey, doing great, guys. Excellent. Nice seeing you. Yeah, you too. Okay, so... Everybody knows TMB Naturals. Actually, I have mine. I have just took it down. My banner. Shit. Anyways, um, everybody knows TMB Naturals for their for their enhancer bottle. But I quickly want to plug the pH up and down. Nice. Can you guys talk about that quickly before we get into CO2? Yeah, yeah, we can do whatever. Totally, man. Um, so yeah, the pH is uh, one of our newest products. And it definitely became like our number two product in a hurry. Um, it's all natural, of course, just like the rest of our line. But what's uh, what's really cool about it is it's granular. Not a lot of people are doing the granular, but we're really we really stand behind it. You know, there's no water. You're not paying for nothing. All this money for water. It's just pure pH up and pure pH down. There's no fillers. There's no dyes. 
there's no garbage. It's just really clean, uh, healthy, safe stuff. And you only need a little bit, like a pinch sometimes to, you know, raise your parts per million either up or, or down by a few points. So it's a, it's a great new product. It's been extremely well received. And we're, we're really excited to, to see where it goes because it's just picking up more and more steam every day. Yeah. And one of the so, great things about it, it's non-caustic. So it's not going to harm the beneficial bacteria. And it's really important to a lot of those all-natural growers. Yeah. You no know, organic growers or, you know, people paying attention to all the microbes. And, uh, you know, it's not going to toast them like uh, some of the more corrosive acids. Now, <clears throat> I just want to say that this is my first bag i've been i've been like linked up with you guys for over a year now and i'm still using the same bag yeah that's how awesome. great value yeah it's fucking incredible stuff now i'm only treating a five gallon reservoir yeah so even, even due to popular demand we've created a uh, larger commercial size of that because you know you know, hobby growers like yourself are using them, but there's large commercial growers that have had quite an interest in our in our pH up and down products. And a lot of, you know, people are getting into the granulars more and more. So, um, you know, we've created a 40 pound size of that. So, oh my God. You know, so now, if you're going I'm through, curious, you know, there's that, that last thing five years. <laughs> I'm curious, is it, is it like, do you know what the dosatron is? Yeah, yeah. Is it compatible with that? Because typically they're going to need a liquid. Right? Yeah, we've, we've had some people, uh, you know, experiment making a slurry with it and then using that to dose with. And, uh, you know, definitely every system is so different. But uh, that's because that's what we do at the micro, I manage. Yeah. And it, so, it, the product does dissolve really well so and know, really quickly yeah not a lot of uh won't be a lot of clogging issues you know because uh, that's always a question yeah we definitely have heard people using it and uh you know in big commercial settings like that that's why we had to come up with that commercial size yeah very cool guys okay so now let's move on all right co2 why do we need it what makes it so important well you know, that all goes back to, you know, what we learned in school about photosynthesis, right? With the three main elements of, of photosynthesis are water, light, and CO2. So it's, it's often overlooked how important that CO2 is because as a plant grows, it, it uses the carbon in the, in the gas, carbon dioxide, and uh, use that to create, you know, growth and matter for the plant so um, you need absolutely need it to grow and uh, once a grower starts using CO2 you, you really see the difference you're gonna see you know 30 to 50 percent increase in yield and you're you know all the way through veg you're gonna shave time off the veg cycle it can be seven to ten days you know so you're you're saving time, you know, money, you know, on you know, hydro and nutrients and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and also then, you know, you're going to use it in flower and it's going to really create those dense, um, dense buds for you. And you'll get awesome. a lot more, a lot more growth. 
And shaving time off the growth cycle isn't only beneficial to those who are growing on large cycles or large scale, sorry. Right. Like that's good for anybody, right? Yeah, let's say if you can shave that time off of each grow, then you can fit in another whole harvest cycle, you know, grow cycle in the year. And then that's, you know, more medicine or more money. It's, it's only a benefit, that's for sure. 100%. Yeah, and when, when you're growing indoors, you know, one of the biggest things is plants will use up the available CO2. You know, people say, oh, there's already CO2, already have enough CO2, but the plants will use it up. It's, it's their lifeline. It's what they breathe. So if, if they use up the available CO2 in, in, the, in your tent or in your garden, what happens is it quickly becomes what's known as, like, the weakest link. And no matter what else you do, your plants are only going to grow to that weakest link. So... We try to hammer it home after you buy the light and you should, the next purchase should be CO2. You have the tank, you have the light, then you have CO2. Now you can, you know, enhance photosynthesis and you're going to have an amazing garden. Yes, you still need nutrients. Yes, you still need, you know, there's other factors, but hitting those three is so important. It's the building blocks. It's the foundation. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's, we, we refer to it as, uh, you know, CO2 is one of the pillars in the three-legged stool of photosynthesis. There so, you go. You know, you, it's, you need all three. And, of course, if, if you know, the, all the CO2 is used up in your grow tent, let's say, and it falls below a certain point, it, you know, see, photosynthesis is going to stop altogether. And, uh, you know, your plant is just not going to grow. So you need either, you know... You know, some people just use fresh air. It's 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 not enough. You know, what that plant likes is going to be you know between 900 to 1200 or even 1500 parts per million CO2, right? Yeah. So, you know, what is you know average CO2 levels around the world? Well, it's around you know 350 parts yeah. per million to yeah, 400, right? 400 parts per million, depending where you where you are. It's a little it's a little higher around urban centers because uh the pollution and, and that kind of thing but you know you're going to need to add co2 to get it up to the to the level where it's going to maximize you know the growth of your plants and you're going to get the most up the most out of them and, and the, the biggest yields um so you know supplementing co2 we we've created this product that's just so good at that and you know it's it's called the enhancer you know, if you have people probably seen it all over. If you have it hanging there um, in your tent, and I saw Firebuds had it with the, along with the refill pack. So this is this is a really easy way to add CO2 to any indoor growth space. You know, it's really easy to set up. You guys could probably, um, you know, confirm that. Um, it's dumb easy. It's like. Yeah, keep it simple, stupid. It's like it works so easy, man. You pour it in, you put water in, and you shake it every day. Yeah, you know, simply, you know, that's it. So you, you activate it, you know, you get it, you buy it at your local grocery store, you bring it home, right? Um, you just open it up, add a, one liter of lukewarm water, um, then you put the cap back on, question for you guys oh there was a couple things in the comments here that i saw pop by um first of all was 
the question or the con the statement was isn't CO2 only beneficial in flour? And you know that's uh, that's a great question. It's there's a common misconception that that is the case, but in fact that is not correct. CO2 is extremely beneficial throughout the whole growth phase. In in veg especially, you're building a healthier, stronger plant that essentially becomes more resistant to fighting off bugs and disease. And it also, as Daryl mentioned earlier, in veg, it's great. It, it speeds up the veg cycle. So you're able to flip the flower that much sooner. And yeah. it's just, I always say, you know, imagine putting an oxygen mask on a human being. That you feel better, you're going to perk up. You know what I mean? Your senses yeah. are alive and well. And it's the same thing for a plant. And people always tell me, like, man, I don't know how to explain it, but my plants just look happier. And that's exactly what they have. You just gave them a huge breath of, of what they breathe. And yeah. Essentially something that's been depleted if you're not supplementing. And once you give it to them, everyone's like, oh, man, within a couple of days, things are just reaching for the light and they're up there. And, and that's that's how it should be. And that's when you can often see how quick CO2 makes a difference in your garden. It's sometimes overnight, you just you see them praying and you're like, wow, what a, what a, what a huge difference that made. Work now quickly just to yeah kind of change topics just i just want to give a shout to the 65 people that are in here what's up everybody super awesome that on the day change 68 now on the day change you still are able to make it super stoked about that yeah big big shout outs to everybody you know that tuned in um it was great to see that there's a big community we have some team members in there we saw basement auto flowers big ups so, yeah sir bonds Zerb84, lots of yeah. Yeah, Toad, lots of familiar faces yeah, here. Shout out everybody. Appreciate the support. PA on the track. PA on the track. Holy. Yeah. If you don't. Dad, Irene, what up, everybody? Myrcene. Now, um, okay, so the next question was I'm just trying to, trying to see if I can see it. Oh, how long do the bottles last? Generally speaking, if you're shaking it every day, about two to two and a half weeks at the high parts per million, and then they'll slowly taper off. In smaller spaces, like smaller seals grows, where you can get away with shaking it every second day, it'll actually last substantially longer, closer to four weeks. But that's yeah. kind of a good rule of thumb, you know, two to four weeks, depending on how often you're shaking it. Um, if you're exhausting in any way, usually you're going to be shaking it every day because you know that exhaust is kind of fighting against us it's sucking it out but uh, if you are exhausting and you're using the, the product just make sure to place it as far away from that exhaust as possible and give it a lot of time to travel through the garden and be taken up by your plants yeah still beneficial even if you're exhausting to add the co2 the benefits far away the you know anything negative the cons so um, you know, you will see big increase in growth, even if you're exhausted. Um, and like Josh said, you know, you just place it maybe in the, the opposite corner of, of your of your fan or your exhaust, and then it'll have time to pass right through and be absorbed by the plants. Okay, so now, well, I've had you on many times or a few times before, and there's... There's a few points that you brought up in, in the past that I really would like to talk about. One of which is um, CO2 or the plants uptaking the CO2 in the beginning of the day. 
Yeah, when the yeah, the best time to shake the the, the enhancer, um, if you're shaking it every day, is within that first hour of your lights kicking on. Um, this is when plants take in a big portion of their daily CO2. And when you kind of break it down, it just makes so much sense. When the sun comes out, you know, everyone kind of picks up. Same as plants. When the light turns on, they're picking up, they're ready for it. So going into your room and giving the bottle a shake, you know, as the light comes on, within that first hour is a great time to do so. Right, so that's what I do every day, the first hour. Perfect. Yeah. And then, so, uh, go ahead. So, like with autoflowers, it's it's very important um, to have your CO two in check because, like for me, I run twenty four hours of light on, so that plant is constantly going through photosynthesis, uh, constantly needing CO two. So it's very important when you're running autoflowers at that kind of schedule and also depends on your lights too if your lights you know the ppfd is really high um you know the lights make a huge difference on how much co2 you'll need to so your plant can keep up with your lights big time that's that's true yeah and and so with that being oh, said, um the heat is um, you know, yeah. take the, the edge off that heat. If you're if you're having bright lights that are throwing off some good heat, you know, it, it takes the heat stress right off the plant. It's able to grow at higher temperature, literally. And uh, another thing too is if you're operating in a sealed room environment, like if your room is totally sealed and you're not getting airflow or fresh airflow in there, you have to run CO2. So big time. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. So one thing I was going to add to that is we're running ours 24, like you said, our autos. So I go in there in the morning at the same time every day. Right. So that it's, yeah. so that it's at the start of their day. I've kind of, I've told them, hey, this is the beginning of your day. Right. With the CO2. Just like human beings, plants like consistency, right? Yeah. Pick a time if you're growing autos and just try to stick with it. I mean, it's not. It's not the end of the Make world. Make a break, yeah. Or if you if you're a few hours late, it's it's not the end of the world. But you know, to run optim, you know, as optimal as possible, yeah. Try to pick a time and stick with that time as much as you can. Now, my second question uh, is that so when you shake the bottle it's fresh, you got a brand new refill in there or whatever, and you let it go, you hear that hiss. Now, when that hiss is done, does that mean the bottle's done? It's another great question, man. You're on fire today. Um, no, it's uh, it's it's unfortunate. I wish that hiss, you know, lasted the entire duration. It does not. That hiss will go away long before the product stops working. So don't base everything on that hiss. With that being said, you do want to hear that hiss either on the first day, right when you activate it, or on the second day. Sometimes it takes a day. You want to hear a little bit of a hiss. And that just kind of indicates, yep, things are good, things are working. But that hiss does not last long. It doesn't hiss on for 35 seconds or anything. It's a, it's a short hiss, and it's just kind of a good indicator that everything has went well. And then you'll hear that hiss, you know, into the second, third, fourth, fifth day, sixth day. Sometimes then that slowly starts to dissipate, but don't worry. We've done a number of testing studies showing that even though the hiss isn't there, it's still producing a ton of CO2. You know, it's a gas in, a, in essence. So just don't base everything on the hiss. You do want to hear it, but it, it will go away. 
Fucking rights. Okay, so now my last question is one bottle. What is it? What like size space is one bottle good for? Yeah, one bottle is great for uh, you know a, a room twelve feet by twelve feet by twelve feet. Um, it's gonna last a two to two and a half weeks in that space, uh, shaking it daily. Um, if you do have a smaller space, like a six by six or a four by four, you can get away with shaking it every second day. Uh, especially, you know, if, you know, depending if you're sealed or if you're exhausting, you probably want to shake yeah. it daily. You know, that's probably the best practice that's there. Um, and uh, you know, if you're, and then if you're going bigger spaces, like you got a twenty by twenty, you know, you might want two bottles in there, three uh, bottles, yeah, three stack bottles. them up. You know, you know, we have lots of guys running five, six, seven, eight bottles. Um, it's just an easier way to do it. You know what I mean? And it's it's a lot safer than some of the alternatives. And it's all it's all natural. So we just start finding more and more people gravitating towards the simplicity, the ease of use. And, you know, they're getting away from the open flame that you, you'll see in the burners or, you know, just the hassle of uh, going to fill up these big tanks and, you know, trying to explain what you're doing going into the house and on and on man so yeah we're just it's awesome because we're just seeing so many people giving us a try and, and realizing that this little bottle uh you know really packs a punch and it does what what we claim it puts off a ton of co2 yeah yeah definitely it's, and and you know it's it becomes part of your routine you go in there you shake up the bottle you know it's it's part of the the growth formula with a lot of people and once like once we said you know, once you started growing with CO2, you really miss it if you don't have it. You know, you really notice the difference. Um, you can't run it as quick as a high temperature, um, you know, because the episode that's without ample CO2 at the, at the rate of it. So, you know, and we have a lot of stores in, in, in the hot summers saying, you know, maybe they can't run an AC in there, and, and they're just saying, you know, saving their crops, you know. Um, they're able to handle the heat, you know, in the tent. And, and you know, unlike, um, you know, uh, a burner, um, which creates humidity, you know, creating um, humidity that way, uh, our product doesn't change the heat or humidity. We got two folks cutting out. And everybody still here? Oh, we're back. You good? Yeah, everybody yeah. came back. Everybody was spinning. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. I didn't notice it. I only saw you spinning. Anyways, um, okay, so in bed with the pot has asked a really great question here. How does CO2 help fight PM and mold? How does CO2 fight PM and mold? Well, essentially when you're using CO2, your your plants are stronger. Like, you know, your plant, your, it's a healthier plant. It's running a lot more optimal than it would if you weren't using CO2. So, you know, it's, it's, I always, I always kind of reference back to a human being because I, I feel like we're so similar to plants. Obviously, like when a human being is in tip top shape and getting their eight hours of sleep and drinking their water and taking their vitamins and eating healthy, they're going to perform better. The exact same thing goes for a plant. If you feed it properly and water it properly and take care of it, 
It's just, you know, it's going to be able to fight off things like that. And there's a better likelihood of not running into those problems. So it's not necessarily that the CO2 is fighting the PM. It's just giving the, the plant the immune system or the whatever it is. The, Exactly. The hardiness it needs to get through yeah. the uh, circumstances. Of it. an immune system for, and it's yeah. stronger. It's going to be able to fend yeah. off disease and pests better. So, okay, so iGrow for me asks, what makes your product better than a DIY method? Oh man, that's that's a good one. Yeah, uh, something we've been working on for. More than a decade, um, we've kind of ironed out a lot of the kinks. We've got, we've, we've nailed it down. We've done so many tests and studies. We've had other people do tests and studies. Um, when you buy our product, there's no guesswork. You just know that it's going to deliver CO2. Um, you know, there's always going to be the DYIs and all the power to them, but. Uh, you know, if, if you want it and you know it, you know what's going to be right, you know what's going to do yeah. what it says, it's yeah. just a lot easier to buy ours, to be honest. And, and a lot of people don't have time to, you know, tinker around. There's always going to be the people that, you know, you know, if you want to go, you know, to the grocery store and you, you want a burger, right? You got you to buy your bun, your patties, your lettuce, tomatoes, all that, and take it home and make it. it it's a bit more involved. Or you go to, you know, your favorite restaurant, McDonald's, you know, you're going to get the same thing every time. It's the exact same thing, consistent. And, you know, a lot of people go out wrong. And, we, you know, that's some people do. But, you know, we know that you're going to get guaranteed the same thing time with our product right off the shelf. You don't have to mess around. It's going to work. Yeah. Okay. So one thing I like to... Okay, so when you when I make a post for CMB, there's always people in the comments that are talking about the DIY method. Yeah. And the, the thing that I have to say to them, and it's very, very, it's like the way I've found it easy is commodity or um, convenience is a commodity here. Yeah. It, it, it truly like, okay, yeah, I could go get yeast and sugar, but I don't know the ratios. I don't know if I'm going to do it right, if it's going to explode all over my plants. Like all sorts of shit, and and I just don't have the time to do that. Yeah, it's like really it for me. It's like the, the convenience of TMB far outweighs the, the price of the con. Yeah, and that recipe has been dialed in over years, so you yeah. don't have to worry about it. You know, like, uh, and, and that's why we're able to market in the way we have. It's really. Uh, you and your BC boys. That's right. You know it. Right from my backyard. Uh, that's right, not that far away. Yeah, so that's another fucking reason. <laughs> but okay, we, we got another question here. CO2 helps with higher heat. Any benefits for somebody who has colder temperatures? Well, you know, the, the plants need the CO2 no matter what, right? So if that CO2 is missing, whether, you know, it's cooler or warmer, it's it's needs that you know they like it above a thousand parts per million you know but we say generally above 900 to to 1500 is great um lots of growers like around the 1200 mark but you know whether it's cold or not it's definitely going to need that plant is going to use the carbon in in the carbon dioxide to build to build mass 
Um, so it, it, you know, whatever the temperature is, it just is a necessary thing for that photosynthesis to happen. Mm -hmm. There's just one benefit that your plants do uptake the, the CO2 a bit more efficiently at a higher temperature. Right? But yeah, so if you're growing indoors, you need CO2. Right. Like, honestly, that's, that's it. If you're growing indoors, you need CO2. If you're not using CO2, you are, you are affecting your final yield, you're affecting your plant's health, you're affecting the entire growth, and to be perfectly honest, so by missing out because that photosynthesis isn't happening at like a optimized rate, you know? Yeah. It would now, be missing out like a missing link or, you know, basically, yeah, it's, it, it would be your limiting factor. Now, one thing, another factor that it, it plays into is uh, density of the buds as well, correct? 100%. Yeah. So without CO2, you, that's where you're finding large. Big time, man. Big, you know, CO2, uh, uh, a very educated man once broke it down and he just said, man, CO2 equals plant growth. That was the formula. And, he, and I'm like, yes, that's exactly what it is. CO2 will make your plants bigger. Your family is bigger, your buds bigger, just your whole plant bigger. Everything yeah. is just jacked up and, and running at such an optimal rate. Yeah. It's awesome. Okay. So try it out. If you run out of CO2 and you don't use it, you'll you'll notice a huge difference. Or like if you you probably won't go without CO2 now. Yeah. Um, uh, but you know, that's what we would like to, you know, just educate people on how necessary it is. But if you don't have it, you really notice a big difference, you know. Uh, There's been times where I've definitely yeah. ran out, yeah. for sure, and it, it definitely noticed a difference. Right. You know? or, or tents where I haven't had it in it because I've just either hadn't had the time to, to add it yet and whatever, and then you put it in there and you just watch it go and explode. Yeah, the plants really uh, react to it and, and you know, pray, um, and they just... We, we always hear people coming back and they're like, wow, my plants haven't looked happier. Like, there's no other really way to describe it, healthier and happier, right? So, and it's, it's called the enhancer for a reason. You know what I mean? When we're picking the name, we're like, what does this do? And it enhances, you know, it enhances your garden. It enhances your final yield. That's what's up. Okay, so the next question is from the Beer Garden 420. He said he's not sure if this was asked or answered, but the pH up and down, is it organic? Good question. Again, man, you guys are on fire today. Uh, it's not certified organic. It is all natural. Um, there's no chemicals in it. But in order to, in order for us to call it cert, uh, organic, officially organic, there's a lot of hoops we, that, that need to be jumped. Um, so it's not officially certified organic, but yeah, like I said, it's, it's all natural. There's no garbage in there. There's no buff. There's no filler. There's nothing but 100%, you know, pH up or pH down. There's, that's right. That's, and that's why it lasts so long and that's why it's so powerful. And that's why people are liking it so much and saying, wow, this is like such great value because that's what we wanted to bring out is, you know, a solid product, one that we would use ourselves, one that we are okay consuming. And that was it. That's why we picked it. You know, we could have buffed it out. We could have brought 
out of liquid pH, but it's just not, it's not the way we want to go and it's not something that we want to stand behind. So, you know, if you're looking for a new pH up and down, please consider this. It's, it's a fantastic yeah. product and it's making waves in the industry. Yeah. And, you know, we recommend it to all the organic growers. It just doesn't have the certified organic stamp, but, you know, we, you know, that that's the type of grower that really uh, likes this, this type of product because they're paying attention to the microbes, um, you know, the good and bad uh, bacteria. So, and this won't, you know, absolutely toast all the microbes like some, like, like we talked about earlier, some of those, you know, real, real corrosive acid, usually liquids, bright color liquids, right? This is what you want if you're, you're, if you're concerned about organic grows and, and what you're putting into your medicine or your, you know, your food or, or products. Um, this is, this is all for the all natural growers, you know, and, uh, there's just no chemicals, no dyes in this. It's absolutely all natural and safe and effective. And I gotta say the down is extremely effective. Like you need even less of the down than you do of the up. Right, right. So, you know, and you know, it depends on, you know, what nutrients you're, you're using, um, you know, you know, generally a lot of people just, you know, watering, they're using the down, but, you know, they're using the up to, you know, bring their nutrient solutions up to, you know, appropriate pH. And uh, it's been, you know, we're mainly known for the CO2 products, uh, the enhancer and the refill, but I got to say that the pH up and down has really had its own, its own legs in, in the marketplace because we're getting such good feedback and um, growers are really, you know, letting us know that they're using it and selling more of it um, in, in all parts of the world, really. Very cool. So before we get to Prowl's question, um, somebody in the comments asked about how best ways of disposing it, the mix. The mix is 100% biodegradable, safe, all natural. Um, we're talking the mix of the CO2. Yeah, yeah in the bottle, sorry. Yeah, yeah man. Yeah, you, you, it's, you don't have to worry about it at all. There's there's nothing bad. There's nothing yeah. harmful in there. Yeah, me um, personally, I put it on my lawn. Yeah. I just rinse it up, put it on there, good to go. You know? That's awesome. Okay, so Prowl wants to know, what's the best, best place to put it in your room to maximize effect everywhere? Oh, okay, that's a great question. Yeah, generally speaking, um, CO2 is heavier than air and will naturally sink to the ground, so you want it slightly above your plant canopy. Uh, there are a few exceptions to the rule, um, not a lot, but you know, certain situations will actually recommend potentially putting it on the floor. Like if someone's in like a small two by two and they're constantly exhausting. You know, if that's the case, we're like, you know, it might be better on the floor on the opposite side from that exhaust. Because it'll pull it up and through the plant. Exactly. Yeah. You don't it doesn't wanna... have time to fall. Exactly. But if you're in a bigger setting, you know, just keep in mind, it's, it's naturally heavier than air. So it wants to sink. But uh, just do what you can to keep it off the ground. You don't want it sitting on the ground. It's not beneficial down there. So you need some sort of oscillating fan pushing it up. Yeah. Kind of spreading it evenly around uh, your gardens to, to maximize its efficiency. And you won't have any low pockets in the corners or anything if you kind of have an oscillating fan either in front or behind it. Mm -hmm. It'll spread around the room more evenly and, uh, and you'll maximize your growth from that. You know, there's in, 
in really hot climates, they might be dumping a lot of air at a time. Um, that in those cases, we've also seen it being put on the floor. Um, but you know, general practice, you can hang it above the canopy because it, it's heavier gas. It will cascade down over the plant canopy and be absorbed that way. So this question, um, how can we be sure that we aren't exhausting extensive CO2? I think you kind of covered that. This is the same sort of answer. If you are exhausting constantly, put it on the ground. And, you know, if you have a CO2 monitor, you'll, you'll know, yeah. you know at what height, you know, the, that concentration and the PPM level is. So, and, and, you know, even if you don't have it, you know that it's working, it's pumping out plenty of CO2. And plants absorb CO2 quickly. They just snatch it right out of the air, right? Um, and so, um, therefore, if you're not adding CO2, supplementing it, it will dip. Like, the level will drop because the plant draws it in. Okay, so um, the next question is really good. Is there too high a PPM of CO2 in the room? Can you... Is it... Is there too much CO2... Is there a level of too much CO2? Yeah, there is, you know, like over 5,000 parts per million, you're kind of getting where you don't want to be. Yeah. Um, just a good rule of thumb, if you're ever in your garden and you feel the slightest bit busy, it's time to exit your garden, get some fresh air. Um, but really, you know, generally speaking, it's, it's pretty tough to overdo CO2. I mean, yeah. if you're in a sealed space, yes, you can overdo it. If you're exhausting, it's all it's almost impossible. And what we find is the plants will take up the CO2 that they need and then kind of, you know, if they're, you know, if they're quote unquote like full, they don't, you know, they, they're just not going to take in anymore. They have what they want and they're good. So you don't really have to worry about it uh, too much, especially yeah. if you're exhausting. And you just have to consider that the plants are taking in the CO2. So, you know, even though the levels might be high, they're, they're, they want it. That's that's what they breathe. Yeah. And some growers, you know, say that maybe anything over, you know, where 5,000 would be dangerous to us to breathe, you know, but, you know, maybe anything over 1,500 parts per million might be, you know, on the excessive side. You know, there's a sweet spot, maybe, you know, around 1,200 parts per million that, the, you know, plants really love. It depends. It depends on the grower, too. Um, I've heard guys pushing it to 1,800. You know what I mean? It's really how how hard do you want to push your plants? How how much are you willing to stress them out to try to get that bigger yield? You know, some people believe less is more. Other people just want to push it to the limit. And you know, there's not there's not really any right or wrong way. It's it's kind of how you want to do it yourself. So there's this next question, and actually one popped up in the comments is kind of similar. What if? What do y'all think about brewing booze in your tent to make CO two? Five gallons calculates the same output. Yeah, man. You know what? They go well together. There's right. lots of ways to make CO two. That's the thing. There's so many different methods. Um, and, if you and want the other, you know, like yeah. if, if that's your thing, yeah, that's your thing. Great. I mean, there, we could all be making beer at our at our house too, or making wine, but. A lot of people don't do it. They don't have the time. They don't have the interest. If you're a do-it-yourself do guy, by all means. But you probably, are you gonna get? Are you gonna get the same level of CO2 that you would with us? That's that's up for discussion. 
<laughs> okay, so the second question, yeah, can I collect all that liquid and run it through a still after? Oh, <laughs> uh, I don't think we should recommend that, to yeah. be honest. But, um, <laughs> I think yeah, he's we're not, kidding. We're not going to recommend that. <laughs> I think it's a joke. Okay. <laughs> oh, man. Be careful. Yeah, of course, of course. Okay, so does CO2 attract pests? Mm, I don't know. I don't know if it's the CO2 essentially yeah. that would, but a lot of a lot of people use CO2 at higher levels to eradicate pests. So if you are, you know, if you're not, if you, you know, if you're not around your tent, we wouldn't recommend it. But you know, a lot of big commercial places, they just crank the CO2 to over five thousand parts per million, kills a lot of the, the, the bugs, and um, you know, it's a great way to do that if you're careful with it. Um, uh, obviously, you don't want to be around there and not having enough oxygen to breathe. But uh, you know, if it's if it's done correctly, a lot of people use it in that way. Cool. Now, I wish I had the picture, but how does the enhancer bottle compare to the exhale bag? That's the next question. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, question: We're both natural forms of CO two, uh, but that's really where it ends. Um, we are refillable that's that's one of the main ones um we hit much higher parts per million so we'll as daryl mentioned our bottle will hit those higher levels that truly benefit the plant you know if you're only increasing the co2 by a few hundred parts per million over atmospheric you know unfortunately that's just not enough to truly benefit the plant um it's also heat and light sensitive uh, a unique feature of our product no other product. So when the lights are on for, sorry, when the lights are on for non-auto flower growers, if your lights are on, um, you know, it's producing more CO2 on its own. When the lights go off, it actually slows the release of CO2 on its own without you doing anything during that night cycle. No other product does that. Yeah. And when you're doing it's because of the temperature, right? Yes. Yeah. Heat and light sensitive. Um, uh, the majority of the other natural CO2 products on the market just have one speed and that's on. And, you know, when you start looking into CO2 more, you realize that the plants don't need CO2 during the night cycle. So sorry for all the autoflower growers here, but, uh, you know, when the lights go off, plants don't need CO2. So products that are designed to continually force CO2 at your plants when they don't want it are actually detrimental they're actually it's actually detrimental to your final yield to be pumping high amounts of co2 during the night cycle so just be aware of that anyone who's using other co2 products make sure that they're slowing the release of co2 at night if they are not they are doing damage to your to your growth to what you're working on to your final yield to all aspects it's it's not a good feature so just be aware of that Okay, so we're cranking up on like 45 minutes here, and I know you guys got plans at six. So this, I think we can call the last question. How much CO2 does a 4x4 four four or, and or a 5x5 five five grow tent need? Um, yeah, man, right around, like Daryl kind of said it, right? That sweet spot is like 9 to 1,200. You know, there's obviously exceptions to the rule, but if you can get it around that 9, over 1,000, 12, 13, anywhere in that range, the plants absolutely love it. And when you think that's about, you know, two to three times atmospheric CO2, so it, it makes a, a world of a difference. 
especially in those smaller grows. Perfect. Well, okay, this, there's one last comment here. It's not a question. Uh, he just says uh, it's from Toad Growth. Yeah. I love how you use the analogy that the plants are like people. It tracks on so many levels. Awesome, man. Yes. Happy to hear that. Yeah, it's just like, you know, we perform better with more oxygen. Plants are, are a little different. They perform better with the CO2. It's like putting an oxygen mask on a plant, you know, totally. and, uh, you know, they're going to perform better with the right environment. And, uh, you know, adding CO2 to your grow space is, is just so beneficial. If we can do anything um, from being guests on your, on your show today, you know, we want to have people know, you know, that they, they need to grow with CO2. And if they're not, then they're missing out on final yield, um, the health of their plants, and, uh, you know, just losing out on, on basically missing out, you know, without the CO2 because it's such a valuable part of that CO, uh, photosynthesis process and helping the plants grow. Nice. Okay, so there is one last question here. How did you two end up creating CMB? Oh, that's a good question, man. Um, yeah. It was actually uh, my business partner, Travis, who, who couldn't be here today, but uh, he created the, the very first prototype for the enhancer. And, uh, you know, shortly after, um, I came on board and we kind of ramped things up and started, uh, we, we shifted a little bit. We started working off the distribution model. So we obtained uh, distributors. Um, you know, what the started in Canada and went to the States and UK, Australia, Europe. And, you know, here we are today, about a decade later, we have about 25 distributors who uh, take care of around 30 countries. Yeah. And, you know, we're just trying to push that every day. Um, if you guys have heard me talk before, you've heard me say my goal is 200 countries. Yeah. Um, it's a huge, a huge, massive goal. But you know, if it's scary, they're not big enough, and uh, we're just going to keep pushing until until we can do that, man. I want to be in 200 countries. Speaking of which, if anyone has the hookup in Antarctica, it's the only continent we are not available on. <laughs> Reach out. I'm, I say it every time. Someone knows somebody in Antarctica. Find us a okay, right. Put us on all seven continents. It, it'd make my day. Yeah. But it, it, right, all started with, it all started with an idea of the product and it all has you know with and a lot of snagging snagging recycled two liters <laughs> yeah there you go a secret we don't often tell yeah we yeah. start we we uh normally we wouldn't tell this man but it's you know where we feel a little bit better where we are today but yeah we started with recycled bottles we had a number of bottle depots putting them aside for us uh it was a process man things were, it was such a process I think the first episode that we had you on, we did a whole uh, origin story, and you told us about that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and, and that's how I know. In the first five or six years of business, I, I would have not been caught dead telling anybody that. I was all about, man, we need to look bigger. But yeah, you know, fast forward all these years, we have a nice warehouse. We're in a better position um, as a business. And, uh, you know, it's kind of just the inspiration for anyone out there listening you got to start somewhere you got to start from the bottom yeah. you know we started in a garage with no money with recycled bottles and you know all thousands and thousands of hours later here we are today yeah. you know we have our own we have our own bottle with our own mold you know yeah. 
it's it's come so far. It's got the Boss logo on it now. Yeah. So the product, the packaging's come a long way. Looks definitely small, and you know, hey, we're even uh, now featured in some pretty decent publications. Um, I don't know if you guys have heard of High Times magazine, but uh, uh, we're we have a featured product in there right now. Yeah, uh, that's fucking really cool, there. man. Congratulations. High Times, mm -hmm. and uh, if anyone's heard of uh, Ed Rosenthal, we've uh, you know been so fortunate to make it into uh, one of his books, Mar Marijuana Garden Saver. Yeah, and so, there's another one coming out as well, which we're going to be featured in. So watch for that release. Another Ed Rosenthal publication. Yeah. Very cool, man. And we want to give out huge shout outs to our entire sponsored grow team. Yes, huge shout outs. They are doing doing just amazing work out there, just showing our products in their garden. And uh, you know, everybody like Firebuds. He's on Big the green guy. We're just so fortunate to have such a great team. Everybody's just killing it. Crushing it right now. Big shout out to Mermaid, Mermaid Men. Yes. Yeah. On the yeah. team. Girl power on the team there. And, you know, we just have some great, great members of the team just really spreading the good word of TND. And, uh, you know, we're just. We're Ooh, we Mr. Let's See. And we just keep building, <laughs> you know? Yeah. And speaking of which, a uh, new sponsorship contest goes down this November. Yes. We will be looking to add a bunch of new growers to our sponsored team. Yeah. So check if you're interested, check it out. It's going to be very similar format to the previous years. Um, yeah. Send us a DM if you want to know more. Send us an email. You know, check us out on YouTube. So you want to be sponsored by TMB. It'll give you a better idea of what we, going on, what we have going on if you're not already familiar with it. Yeah. Fucking right. Yeah. This is your chance to be sponsored by TMB Naturals. Big time. Well, yeah. I yeah okay so we're we're rolling up on six o'clock I'm sure you guys gotta run, but I want to give you guys a profuse thank you I just like to the end of the world and back man you guys have been so supportive of the show since day one and um, yeah I just can't I can't send enough gratitude for you guys. Hey man, thanks man. We love what you're doing. We're glad to be a part of it. You know Nothing what? I just want to touch on one really important thing. How did you how how we met is you just picked up the phone and phoned us and, yep. and pitched to us and the rest is history. So if you're like a budding entrepreneur, never discredit the power of a phone call. Yeah. Never right. discredit the power of a phone call. Just picking up the phone and phoning someone can open so many doors. So uh just just keep that in mind. Fucking yeah. right. And actually speaking of that, opening doors. If you could somehow help us get Ed Rosenthal on the show, that would be really cool. Yeah, hey, we could try, man. Yeah, see what we can I mean, do. If, if you're in his book, maybe you got his phone number or email or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I might have to send him a text message and tell him to holler at you. That's what's up. I would really appreciate that. Anyways, guys, I'll let you go. Thank you so much for coming on and for being a title sponsor of the class. Um, for anybody out there that doesn't know, TMB and Dino Myco are like the main reasons why this class was able to go off this year. So huge shouts to you guys. Super, super grateful. Hey, man, we really appreciate you getting us involved. And uh, we look forward to talking to you again in the future. Fucking right. So we'll get you on soon again. Buddy. Okay, have a good night, boys. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, appreciate man. the support. Yeah. Pick ups from TMB. <laughs> I think you guys got to go. All right, guys. <laughs> <laughs> there we go.
DMV Naturals, everybody. Huge shouts to Josh and Daryl, title sponsors of the of Autoflower 101. Um, yeah, what a great time. How you doing, brother? I'm doing good, man. Just over so, here. Should we go live again and, and tell everybody what to do with their plants this week? Yeah, let's, uh, we'll exit this live. We'll come back and uh, we'll go all over a few things and uh, we can talk a little more about CO2 as well. So, okay, sounds good, man. Super excited. I'll see you in a minute. All right, brother. Hey guys, today I'd like to give a shout out to one of our titled sponsors at TMV underscore naturals, mostly known for their CO2 generator called the Enhancer. The Enhancer is the highest performing natural CO2 generator on the market today, so it's perfect for any indoor garden or grow room. They also have refill packs available for the Enhancer at approximately half the price, so you can refill the original bottle to save money. Recently, their new granular pH up and down is getting great feedback in the market. I've used it myself and I truly love it. I suggest you try it for yourself. Cheers, guys. Yo. Yo, 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 yo. So I don't know what was going on with the sound. I think it might have been... Uh... I think it was theirs. I think yeah. the, the phone might have been sitting at an angle on the table that was, uh, you know, causing back feed. Yeah, yeah, feedback, exactly. Um, so, yeah, we're back. I'm going to take a bong rip. Yeah, hell yeah. You want to tell everybody uh, what's up? Where are we at? What days? Are you, what day are you at? So, I my seeds came up, uh, what, three, three days after we put them in the soil, so... I have to look back. I have to look back at the calendar and shit. But that's another thing I wanted to touch on that I, I didn't touch on in the first class. Is what, take notes. Yeah, take take notes of your grow is 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 very important. Um you know, write down, you know, when you put the seeds in the soil, when they popped out of the soil. Um when they pop up above the soil, that's what I consider day one. Uh for me, a lot of some people do it differently, um, but that's that's my day one is when when I see them popping up above the soil. But keep a tablet, a notebook, a dry erase board, um, so you can keep tracks of your temps. Uh, you know, keep track of all your data. You know, uh, every day, write that stuff down. A log definitely helps out uh, with a lot of issues. Especially if you're going, um, if you're a newer grower and uh, you're going to an experienced grower for questions, you have all your data right there. You can tell that experienced grower, hey, this is what my Tim's at. This is what, you know, my humidity's been at. This is, you know, since this day and this day and this day. And on this day, you might, ex you might see uh, you're having some issues. Uh, your temps might be off. Your humidity might be off. Uh, you know, just a lot of different things. Your light intensities and and so forth. So keep a keep a log. It really helps out a lot. Right. Um, a dry erase board works great too. Um, you know, to j just jot down notes, especially when whenever you know if you're in cocoa or or anything like that. If you're you know if if you're constantly having to feed. Um, you know, your nutrients, keeping track of your days. Hey, I gave them nutrients on this day or I gave them water on this day. Because a lot of times, and I, and I, you know, I won't lie, I've forgotten sometimes to be like, damn, did I give them nutrients the last time or did I give them water? And I have to ask yeah. my and she'll tell me, yeah, you gave them nutrients last time. 
or whatever. So yeah, so keep keep track of that because it makes a difference. You don't want to end up giving your plants too much nutrients, and you don't want to you know end up flushing the nutrients out of the soil because you're you're giving them you know water, 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 and forgetting to give them nutrients. So yeah, keeping a log is awesome. Yeah. I keep one in a journal. Yeah, a journal. Yeah, a journal, dry erase board, anything you can jot notes down on. Keep track of your growth. I think it's just right around here. Um, <clears throat> so I'd like to show it's everybody. What it is is it's a not a journal. It's like a I haven't written anything in this month except for the days because I just started it. But throughout the whole book, yeah, yeah, even a calendar, putting a calendar on your wall, writing notes down in the little squares for each day. Right. You know, it, it makes a difference. And and another thing too is. With each cultivar that you grow, uh, aka each strain that you grow, you can document how that that cultivar grew. When would, when did it start flowering? When did it show sex? And and that helps out. Um, that kind of information helps out when you grow to when you go to grow that strain or cultivar the next time. And it also helps out if somebody has questions. Hey, how long did that take uh, from seed to to finish? Um, and you have all that information. That data is 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 very important. Uh, believe it or not, it's it's important to have uh, the data on the cultivars you're growing. Especially, I mean, I know this is autoflower 101, but especially with photo periods. Yes, because you can yes, repeat absolutely. it again and again with a clone. With 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 everything. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, so you can kind of cookie cutter what you did to it last time. Yeah. Um, Somebody said, uh, "Why, why two plants in one pot?" Um, because these these are autoflower regs in this pot right here, and so by planting two in this one five gallon pot increases my chances of getting a female. Okay, so now I have a fifty fifty chance with two different plants, and hopefully one of them's a female. If one's a male, I'll cut it out. Now, what will you do if they're both female? If they're both female, they're gonna rock out, man. They're rock out, and I'll, I'll try to train them away from each other so I can get a, a nice big full canopy. So say if you're like this, then you're probably gonna turn it like this and start training them this way. Correct. So yeah, you're going into empty space. Correct. Yeah. So uh, maybe maybe it would be easier to go this way because you have the same empty space, but you could access both plants. Yeah. One wouldn't yeah. be in the way. Yep, yep. No, uh, if I if I if I clip one out, it's not gonna it's not gonna harm the other. Um, these plants are gonna show sex at like eighteen to twenty one days, so still fairly early into the process. Um, yeah, I've done it many many times. So, are you seeing any signs of of reproductive? Um, no, I've been I've been looking at them, and I'm not. I'm not seeing anything as of yet. Neither am I. But I'd say by Sunday, uh, definitely by Wednesday, we will be seeing uh, some, some, you know, pre-flowers on these plants. So definitely. So these two here for me are Mando fruit. So is this one up front. I don't know if you can see it. And then the other three are blackberry. Now I'm noticing one of my blackberries really light. Oh wow! Mm -hmm. And and so uh, 
that can be it's like i said uh with with bag soil you know it's it's just part of the game sometimes uh you might not get a a precise mix like a, a one of the, you know the other bags you might get a bag that's heavy on cocoa and is 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 sucking the the calcium and magnesium out of that thing um you know so that's that's just part of the game when when you're growing with bag soil and you don't know exactly what's in each bag if there's an even amount of everything in there yeah. So when it comes, yeah, so you might have to start, you know, giving that, that thing some calcium, some magnesium, maybe a little bit of nitrogen. Um, but I wouldn't go overboard at, at the stage right now. You know what I'm saying? If you are going to give it uh, some nutrients. Um, so, yeah, speaking of which, we're on day, for me, I'm on day 15. So I think you right. are as well. Right. Except for the set, the pot we left out. That's on day 14. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Now, are you gonna start giving these nutrients at this point? No, I'm. I usually, I usually go almost three weeks uh, without okay. giving my plants any nutrients. Because the rest um, of mine the, are nice and dark. Yeah, in the soils that I'm in, uh, like prior to using the Bio Three Sixty Five, I used uh, Happy Frog soil, and Happy Frog soil usually has you know anywhere from two to uh, three weeks of food in it. So. Um, I, yeah, usually I'm good all the way to I'm hitting like pre-flower and stuff. So that's usually around week three going into week four. So then um, the rest of mine, I'm going to have to treat that one on its own. Yeah, you'll definitely have to treat that one on its own. Okay, good to know. Um, now, um, also, if you see my pots, they're looking pretty dry. Mm-hmm. That's only the top surface. Now, if right. I stick my finger in here. You know, that's kind of moist. I think I'll water tomorrow. Right. And uh, so what I do is if if you look, because I hit hit mine with a little water. Let me back up. If you can see that where it's dry here, it's dry there, it's dry here. What I did is I ran like a ring. I just spiraled out from, from about right here on the plant. And I just spiraled out to the edge. With a pH water, I yeah, I just I just use like a regular cup, you know, like okay. yeah, solar cup would work fine. But if you can, um, I'd recommend getting one of these for your garden. It's a pump up sprayer. It's two gallon pump up sprayer with the wand on it, right? And so what this does is is. If you mix up your water, put it in a pump-up sprayer, and you use a pump-up sprayer to go around your plants, water that in. What that does is that creates helps create oxygen in the soil as well, and and, uh, and you know it kind of just like infuses your soil with oxygen while you're going around uh, and watering your plants. So this is, this thing is great um, for a lot of different things. Um, I recommend if you're going to be doing like your IPM, if you're treating for pests. Get you a pump-up sprayer or get your handheld sprayer, but mark them. If you're going to have two, mark them, right? So you have one for pests, one for, you know, watering with, if that's how you choose to water. So you're never treating the soil with, with IPM? No, you can. You can you can soil drench. You can drench the roots. Um, there's, there's plenty of uh, non-systemic uh, products out there that you can uh, root drench with. And, and it's non-systemic, meaning it doesn't stay in the plant um, longer than two weeks, according to the manufacturers. 
Um, so you can soil drench with, with a lot of different products out there. Okay. But keeping uh, the one that I soil drench for... with is, what's that? Well, keeping them separate, the two bottles. Yeah, keep them separate. Mark, mark your bottles, you know. It's good to keep it separate, and then you don't have to end up washing one out and reusing it and washing it, making sure, you know, it's nice and clean uh, before you, you know, like if you just used it for pest control and then before you use it to water with, you definitely want to clean it out and everything. So that's why it's just convenient to have, too. Yeah, yeah and, and uh, you know, some people will bottom feed. Um, I, I top feed at this point because... Like I know, right, like down here in my pots, I know I've got plenty of moisture down in here right now, right? Um, I know that this is drying out first uh, because that's where my my fans are hitting and, and, and air is coming across and where all the heat from the light is. I know that this top layer is drying out first. So I'll, I'll, I'll top feed and, until uh, my plants get a little bit bigger and veg, and then I might bottom feed, but we'll talk about that um, when the time comes. Okay, is there anything else we need to know or do for our plants this week? So this week, like I said, we're we're looking we're looking for sex. Um as far as being able to tell what sex the male <laughs> what sex the plant is. I mean, we don't want to get our pages shut down cuz the last time I mentioned uh sex and and males and females in in one of my posts it got removed, but we're talking about the sex of the plant. Um <laughs> So yeah, so we're, we're that's what we're looking for is pre flowers, and you're going to be looking, and we talked about it a little bit. You're going to be looking at that growth node right there. So that is called the growth node. That is this is going to be your your first true growth node on the plant. Um, that's where your first set of true leaves come out. Um, this is your starter leaf right here, um, and this is your first true leaves. So that is going to be. Your real first growth node right there. Now, will it ever skip growth nodes and not show you sex down there? You know, it, it can sometimes, but most of the time, that's that's where I, I see, you know, the sex show. Ruby. <clears throat> like, uh, like, sometimes you can, um, especially when you're dealing with, uh, like, herm genetics, like herm plants, um, you might not see it at the, the first or second node. You might, it might wait till like the, the fourth node to show you, you know what I'm saying? And, and, uh, even further along. So, but no. generally, oh, generally, yeah, you're, that's where you're looking at though, is at the growth nodes. Cause that's where the highest concentration of hormones is at in a cannabis plant is at that growth node. That's why when, when we're dealing with photo period plants, that's why you want to have at least one node planted. In, you know, when you're taking a clone, you want to have at least one growth node off of that branch um, down in the soil because that's where that's where you know the hormones of the plant are, are you know at at its highest. Oh, that's good to know. Yeah, that's a little photo period knowledge in the autoflower 101. Yeah. Um, um, go ahead. So, yeah, I wanted to kind of talk about the leaves on the plant. Um, like I said, this is your starter. This is your first true set. Generally in cannabis, um, your, 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 the, the fingers on your leaves, the leaflets, 
they're gonna they're gonna grow in in number as the plant gets older. So you see, we got one here. That's your starter. Then we went to three, and generally they they go in odd numbers. That's that's what that's what you want to look for is odd numbers. Now sometimes you'll get one with four leaves on it or six leaves on it, um, but most of the time it's gonna you know go up in odd numbers. So we're here one and three. Now I was looking at this one here. This is the mando fruit. This mando fruit went from one to five. So my first set of true leaves is already at five, and they're big fat leaves on this one. Our blackberries over here, they all went one and three. Okay. And that's just a, that's just how cannabis likes to work. And well, another thing, yeah, another thing is is at your growth at your nodes here, right? Um, when a plant is still immature, you should have symmetrical growth, you know, at your at your growth nodes. When a plant starts maturing, that's when you'll see offset spacing of the side of the lateral branches. So, you know, right now I'm symmetrical, but as this plant gets older, it might not always be symmetrical as it's going up. As it gets older and gets more mature, your node, your your lateral branches will go offset. <clears throat> now, you also wanted to talk about CO2 today. Yeah, so CO2, um, just to talk a little bit about it, you know, you're, and I've, and I've, I've taught this before and, and said it before in, in some of my lives, outdoors, your CO2 levels is generally around 400 ppms, right? Indoor, you should be around the same, okay? Now, if you have a large family, living in the house uh indoors your co2 levels might be a little bit higher because like my family i've got a family of seven that's seven people breathing out co2 in a house you know all day long so my co2 levels might be a little bit higher okay inside um now the plants are gonna live like i'm i'm this room that i'm in right now is not totally sealed you know i've got I've got air coming in here. Um, I've got air exhausting, you know, so um, I'm getting the CO2 that's floating around in my house is coming in here and hitting my plants. Okay, so I've seen, I seen a lot of comments saying, oh, well, I've been growing autos or I've been growing plants forever and I've never used CO2. That's, that's fine. Uh, the point that I try to make is no matter where you get your CO2 from, um, it CO2 is always going to enhance your grow. Um, I used to not use CO2. Um, then I went to get a, a CO2 meter from CO2meter.com, got the whole CO2 setup, started using that. I, I, I immediately seen results, better results from using CO2. Then I got sponsored by uh, TMB. I started using TO, TMB because I know the benefits of having that added CO2. It does increase yields. It increases denseness. I've seen it. Um, and plants, they do need CO2 and veg. Um, you know, and to be able to enhance the CO2, that's what we're talking about. That's why this bottle is called the enhancer. It's adding on top of what CO2 you have available in your house. So, yes, you can grow without CO2, but if you want to enhance you know, your, your growth, 
your your density, your yields, CO2, added CO2 is the way to go. Now, I'm mixing up water to give these guys. I gave the one it's water. The one that's that's suffering. I know this is kind of changing the subject, but I'm realizing that it's day 14 or 15, and we're actually needing to replenish our microbes with microbial mass. Mm -hmm. So I wanted I was I was curious if you could tell us what microbes are and what they what they're good for. Yeah, so the the microbes, what they're gonna do is they're gonna they're gonna help benefit your plant by building up uh you know, helping with the rhizosphere of your roots and everything in your soil. Um, think of microbes as a, a, they help create like a super highway, if you want to say. They help break down the, the matter that's in your soil. Um, so, so it's kind of like your digestive system, right? Uh, it, it breaks down the food and sends nutrients throughout your body that's kind of what microbes do for your soil and for your plants they go down into your soil they help break down the soil turn it into um turn it into a, a better source of food for your plants um help keep the root system healthy they'll actually uh if you have roots that are, are dying off or anything they'll actually help you know break down uh the dying root matter and stuff like that help keep your roots nice and healthy and have help you have a really nice rhizosphere there for your roots. So um, I, I wish we could have uh, Jeff Lowenfels back on here. He he is like the guy I go to to help um, discuss microbes the best because you know he's got he's got books and books and books on on microbes so that's the best way i can explain uh, how what microbes do for uh your soil for your plants you know it helps break down everything and so your plants can uptake it a lot better if that makes any sense absolutely now i mean he came on last class he might be willing to do so again so yeah, I'll, I'll have awesome. to reach out see if he's into it. He might be busy. Yeah, and, it, yeah and it's like uh, one of one of the uh, people in the in the chat says it, it 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 creates a living soil. It's like yeah, it creates like it creates like a super highway, like a, a its own like little, I guess you could say, um, city within your soil. Yeah, you know, yeah, an infrastructure down in your soil, in your roots, in, in the rhizosphere, and. Um, and, and they're constantly working, so you want to keep them working. So you need to keep your soil moist is one thing. If your soil dries out, that's when microbes start dying off. Um, so if, you're, if your soil dries out too much, the microbes will die off. Um, so you want to make sure you're not letting your pots dry out way too much and killing off the microorganisms. So that's a, that's a huge thing. And that's a huge thing with use, using living soil, period. Um, living soil, it, it, it's only good if it's, if it's staying moist. If you let living soil dry out, um, it can damage your living soil and it, and it, and it won't be as well or as good anymore. So. Well, and then, so as far as I understand, microbes will, like when they dry up, they will, I think the word is, I don't know the word, but anyways, they'll cover themselves in a waxy coating so that they don't die themselves. And when you add water 
uh, it takes them time to for that coating to wash away for them to activate again. Yeah, but microbes microbes can die off all the way though. Oh, of they, course, they yes, of course. That's why, I like the TMB, uh, when when we we're talking to TMB, that's that's one main one of the things I really like about their TMB down is, uh, you know, they said it doesn't affect the the microbes in, in your soil, your microorganisms doesn't affect them, and that's a good thing because uh, a lot of uh, downs ph up and downs out there will kill off microorganisms in your soil so now um and that's but okay so with microbial mass back to just microbes a little bit more um i mean they they had a very they had huge questions when they started about uh its compatibility with with salt nutrients right and, and so it actually works really great with with salt nutrients, especially because throughout the entire grow, you're going to replenish the microbial life every two weeks. Yeah. So I that's just anyways. Um, yeah. Is there anything else you want to add? So when when I'm giving microbes, um, I I generally give them on my water days. I don't I don't give them like with uh, with my nutrients. No, it's no. I, it's it's best to give them on on your water days if when whenever you do add them. So yeah, sorry. What I meant was just with like if you grow with salts, not necessarily yeah. mixing it in with salt. Right, right, right. Yeah, and that's that's why I was saying because yeah, I you know around week around week three going into week four, I start using um you know I start using the future harvest nutrients, and when I do that. I make sure on my water days is when I'm giving my microbes. Yeah. There we go. So can you, can you see it all? No, I guess not here. Let me get in there. <clears throat> so this is what you meant by do a ring, correct? Yeah. Yeah. I just kind of like spiral out. I just spiral out and then you can go back, you know, with, with the water bottle and you can spray that top layer down with a water bottle, mist it down and, and moisten it up. Um, yeah, I just haven't done that yet. I just did my initial water and, and I still have plenty of water in these pots. So I didn't drench this whole pot down. I just, I just took enough water just to get that, that top inch, you know, inch and a half of, of dirt moist again. So, um, someone in the comments is asking about Kytosal by microbial mass. I have used it. I haven't used it on autos yet. Um, I'm currently running some photos in the other tent I have, and I've used it, and they're on day 34 and frosty as fuck. Like, they're insanely frosty. Um, I can tell you what it is. <clears throat> so, Chidocell is a plant amendment specially developed to improve plant vigor derived from natural sources of oligochitosan. Fuck. That might have, that might not have been right. And salicin, uh, two powerful positive plant effectors. Essentially, it triggers the plant to um, to create more trichomes. Uh, it it kind of makes it think that it's under a little bit of whatever stress. I don't really know the the whole science of it. I just read you the bottle, but it, <laughs> it, it's like as far as I understand, um, it triggers. Only, ah, fuck, I don't know how to explain it. Like, I'm not, I, I'm definitely a dummy. <clears throat> but 
Yeah, so like it's going to make the plant um, react uh, with more trichomes, essentially. Like it thinks that it needs the protection that the trichomes give, so it, it throws out more and faster. I guess. And terpenes? I don't know, man. I'm, uh, yeah. We'll get them on. Let's do that. We'll get them on and talk, and they can tell us, because I'm just a dummy. <laughs> yeah, but, but yeah, to talk more about the microns, so basically, you know, we'll just hit that up again. So, essentially, you know, they break down, or, you know, organic matter is, is what they're doing. They're breaking down organic matter, and uh, they release nutrients, and uh, they actually release carbon dioxide as well. I didn't know if you knew that. They release carbon dioxide into the soil. And um, they, they, they basically just help transform uh, nutrients in a mineral form so the plant can uptake it, you know? So. Yeah, like don't they break down the nutrients in the soil that the plant can't uptake? Essentially, yeah. eat it and poop it out. Yeah. So um, I want to talk just a little bit more about leaves and... and and this goes back to the CO2 thing. So when you look at your fan leaf here, the top side, the dark green side, that's the part that's, that's uh, creating, that's, that's working the photosynthesis process, okay, in your fan, on, on your plants. That's what the top side, the underside of your leaf, okay, that's what is breathing on your plant. There's little cells on the, on the bottom of, the, of, of those leaves, right? Just like how your skin has pores, your, your plant has pores. Then when the pores are located on the bottom of your leaf, right? And that's what's breathing in. That's what's, you know, and, and absorbing the CO2 uh, for the photosynthesis. And at the same time, those pores are releasing oxygen and water as well. So whenever, you know, you're heavy and thick and veg and you got leaves sitting on top of each other and you move one and you say, wow, it's, it's all wet. Why is it wet? I didn't spray anything in here. It's wet because your plant is releasing the moisture. These, these leaves help um, regulate the plant's, you know, internal temperature. They act as an air conditioner for the plant as well. Um, so, yeah, they, they, your leaves do a whole lot of things for the plant. Um, they, they store nutrients. They help the plant breathe. They, still, they create the whole photosynthesis process is, is, you know, basically through the leaves of your plant. And then I didn't know if a lot of people knew that, but yeah, there's pores underneath here. So if you're in your grow room, try not to smoke in your grow room. Um, because when, if you start smoking in your grow room a lot, um, and those, those pores, they they will they will actually like close up because they don't they don't they're protecting the plant okay they don't want to be breathing in that smoke and everything and and, and the pores will actually close up and uh, you don't like, you don't want that doesn't it trigger like a forest fire response yes pretty much pretty much and those pores those pores are called stomata if you want to know it's stomata s t o m a or T-A, stomata, okay? And that's what those pores are called. You can look it up, but uh, that's why a lot of a lot of cannabis grows outdoors around these forest fires are suffering right now is because of all that smoke. The plants, the stomatas are closing up. They're, the plants aren't breathing right, and uh, they're not exchanging that heat, that water, that, you know, that, that oxygen. Yeah, that whole process is just not happening um, like it should because of all the smoke. 
<clears throat> okay, so no, that, that goes for any smoke and vape too, right? What's that? That goes for any smoke. Yeah, smoke, period. Uh, whether it's cigarette smoke, whether, you know, it's, it's bud smoke, um, it's, it's not good for the plants. Okay, now is there any... Oh, do we have any questions from the audience? Yeah, we got about 10 questions built up. Oh, shit. Uh, Old Dab King says, do you know a good CO2 meter? Um, there's lots of CO2 meters out there. You, you can get some cheap ones at Walmart. Um, I don't, I don't have a, a specific brand that I could recommend. Um, but like, if you're wanting like, like I, my CO2 meters from CO2meter.com, but it's, it's a whole it's a whole CO2 uh, setup, you know, with the regulator and bottle and the meter and everything like that. So that, that thing, you know, it was about $400. So, um, but there's way cheaper CO2 meters out there to where you can monitor, you know, CO2 levels in a room in your house. Oh. And if anybody knows of one, throw it in the comments, throw it in the comments. I know when, uh, because I used to hook up, you know, I, I'd have my CO2 meter running when I had my TMB bottles in my 8x8 room. And I was hitting uh, 800 ppm uh, with that one bottle in an 8x8 room. So. Oh, so you're laughing. Yeah. Okay. Um, ganja Gardens. Is fish shit the same thing as adding microbials to the soil? Fish shit. Like poop or anything that's fish poop? Yeah, so like fish it, um, I used them like a, a couple times, but I didn't, I, I just couldn't stand it because it, it just stunk so bad. <laughs> to be honest with you, um, it, that's, some, that's some smelly stuff. Uh, I know a lot of people that say it works great, um, but, you know, I don't, when I first started using it, I didn't know a whole lot about it. I just used it because I saw some other grower using it, uh, to be honest with you. And I was like, man, I want to try that out, you know. And uh, at that time, I really didn't know a whole lot about it. <laughs> <laughs> so so now, it's, it's an organic, yeah, it's an organic soil conditioner uh, for the most part, though. Yeah, I was gonna say now you haven't tried it since you have a little more knowledge, so um, yeah, you can't really speak to it. Yeah, can't really speak to it. Neither can I. Neither can I. Next. But question. I'll get you an answer though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, can you run CO two in a tent in a room uh, people occupy? Yeah. So CO two, um, you know, you'll be good, like all the way up to about 1300 ppm 1400 ppms if you've got a meter once you start hitting like 2000 2500 that's when you can start feeling a little bit lightheaded um you know once you start getting between three three thousand ppms to five thousand ppm that's where it can start becoming you know uh fatal to you at, at five thousand and at 3,000, you know, it's, you're really going to be able to tell, you know, you're really going to be lightheaded, almost pass out. So I try to tell everybody, you know, stay, stay 1,400 ppm. Don't, don't, you don't need any more than that. 
Like, honestly, you don't. In my opinion, you don't need any more than, you know, depending on what type of light you have. Like, if you have a light that's really high PPFD um, and, and it's made for, uh, you know, a CO2 enhanced environment, then, yeah, you know, but like if, if you got just your normal standard LED grow lights out there, um, you know, 1100 PPMs, you're going to be fine. That's just more than enough. Now, speaking of lights, anything we need to do with our lights this week? <laughs> yeah, right now, um, my lights are at fifty uh, percent. Um, I'm about um, I'm about four feet above the canopy right now at fifty percent. My water, my lights are four hundred and sixty-five watts apiece. Um, so you know, I'm up above I'm up above my canopy four feet at about uh, you know. 230 watts so that's that's where i'm sitting so I'm if, you, at, if you can't dim down and you've got a 600 watt light you need to have that thing pretty high you need to have that thing basically to the to the, as high as you can get it right now so i'm a little little lower on height and on mm -hmm. percentage than you so i'm at 42 inches and i'm at 40 percent so I'm a little lower, closer yeah, to the plant. Yeah, but you're dimmed down. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Just for another example for people out there. Kush only 805 says, what do you recommend for light schedule? 18, 6, 20, and 4, or 24 hours. Um, I've ran all three of those schedules, and I've, I've found the best yield, uh, the best growth at 24 hours on. For autoflowers. For autoflowers, yes. Now, like I said, if, if you've got, um, you know, electricity bill that you're worried about, then by all means, rock at 24, I w you know, 20 and 4. I would never go less than 20 and 4, though. For this girl, I'm doing 24. Yeah, and I'm doing 24. Um, here's another question. Do you use mushroom waste or, or as microbes? Uh, byproduct from uh, mushroom production. Can't think of what it's called. You're talking about like mycelium. Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I mean, you can you can introduce mycelium and in, into your garden. Like you can mix in like bokashi. Um, you know, like you said, different mushroom waste, different things that will produce mycelium. Mycelium is not a bad thing for your soil. It's actually really great uh, for your soil as well. Krusty Sock says, what is the temperature of your water? That's very important, Krusty. I'm glad you asked that question. And that's something that um, I might have hit on in the first class, but might not have. Something we talked about it yet. Yeah, temperature of the water that you're watering your plants with is is very important um, for growth. You don't want to water your, your plants with cold, cold water. Uh Cold water will, will can actually stunt your plants, slow down metabolism. Um, so you don't you don't want cold water. You want room temperature water for your plants. Okay, so room temperature water, which is uh, like like my like my room temp right now is 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 seventy seven degrees, right? So when I'm going to water, I I have a I have my bucket in here full of water, and I let it acclimate to the room like the day before. Like I'll put a bucket in here that acclimate. You know, so it, nothing misses a beat. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to water too hot. 
Uh, you don't want to kill off roots. You don't want to. You don't want to water too cold. Stunt things. Stunt growth. You want room temperature water. So what are you saying? Like seventy three to to set to eighty. So so I I, I say seventy four seventy five degrees. Uh, you know, up to seventy seven to what to what your room temperature is. Okay. Not anything less than that. No. <laughs> and that's that's for that's for watering plants and soil and and cocoa. Now, obviously, if you're in DWC, that's totally different. Your water is going to be you want want your water to be running a little cooler in DWC. So, but that's a whole different animal right there. Totally. So now, what are if if you can't keep the water in the room, like if you don't have the space to do that, and your water's how, what are some ways to heat up the water? A fish aquarium uh, heater. It's cheapest thing. Go to Walmart, fish aquarium heater in the bucket or in your reservoir. Keep the water at temperature. And you can decide what temperature. Yeah, you'd be able to set the temperature on your th- on on your heater. Very very cool. Yeah. I'm I'm about um, to elevate my grow game. Yeah. So faux vapor wants to know: Do you still pH your water if you're using living soil? Um, I recommend it. Okay. Because there's lots of soils out there that say they're, you know, that are living soils, um, but they don't have enough, you know, like dolomite lime in, in there to maintain pH of the living soil. And that's just the way it is. And, and that goes back to you never know what you're going to get in bag soil sometimes. Uh, you don't know if everything was mixed right. I know uh, there's a there's a couple different living soil um uh, you know, to where you can make your own DIY living soil. I know Daz has one. Uh, Daz from Mephisto or, or Daz from Night Owl now. Uh, he has a great living soil. And from what I hear, um, people aren't pHing. You know, the people I know growing it aren't pHing their water. But there's nothing wrong with I always pH no matter what because I just want to be on the safe side. You know, because like I said, yeah, just peace of mind. pH it. That way you don't have to worry about it, you know. You don't have to worry about it biting you in the butt later on down the road. And this is, like I said, this class is for a new grower, you know. Um, and and that's with a new grower, pH it. That, like I said, that way it doesn't come back to haunt you. pH your water. But then again, man, with an old, with, a, with an experienced grower, if you pH your yeah. water, I mean, it's still, it's just, it's, I don't know. I'm not saying I'm experienced, but I think that because I started with that habit, it will always be my habit. Right, right. Um, yeah, and, you know, because I, I have seen people, um, like experienced growers that grew photo periods, a lot of a lot of experienced growing photo periods, you know, switch over and, and, and try growing some autos. And um, you, as you know, every little thing that can go wrong with these autos can will stunt growth. So everything stunts growth when it comes to autoflowers, whether you overwater, underwater, you, your pH is too high, your pH is too low, you know, bad pH can affect the growth of your plants um, and cause problems. And so we don't want that. We want you to have a nice, you know, just awesome grow the whole way through. So yeah, I recommend pHing every time. Uh, Johnny Hydro wants to know, um, he says, off the wall question, but how many days to finish up on Autobots 
Uh, Johnny and Soil, I was finish, finishing up on Autobots in uh, about 80, 85 days tops. Um, I know you're in DWC, so you could probably go a little bit longer in DWC um, because, you know, you don't have that, that restriction on your roots as much as somebody growing in a pot. Um, yeah, the swirling taproot. Yeah, Outcast X says, "Are you still using unsulfur backstrap molasses to feed the microbes?" Yes, definitely. If you want to add, uh, like on on one of your water days, like say say you give, uh, if if I fed you know one day this week, and then I watered one day, like right now I'm not I'm not using any nutrients. So like anytime I water, I can choose. I could say, okay. I'm going to put microbes in on this water day. On the next day, I'll throw some back, black, you know, blackstrap molasses in there to help feed those microbes. Uh, blackstrap molasses is awesome. I use it even at the end when I'm flushing my plants. Kamal asks, uh, how young can you start feeding? Um, that all goes back to the type of soil you're in. Oh, oh, can you start? I just got to start feeding. Oh, mycos, mycos. There we go. Yeah, I didn't see the rest of it. So yeah, I mean, just just read. I mean, read on on the mycos. Like, like we're using dino myco, right? Um, you can you can start with that. I can I can put that in around the seeds, and I believe yeah. with the mycos. Um, you can too. I don't want to give anybody any wrong information, but uh, mycorrhiza, I mean, you can pretty much introduce that into your soil as soon as you are in the pot. Um, that mycorrhiza going in your dirt, you know what I'm saying? So I wouldn't see, you know, if you haven't added it in when you were potting, um, I don't see any problems with adding it in, uh, in the veg vegetation state or uh, even in the flower, you know, stage of growth, it's not going to hurt anything. I got another question here. Mythical grower, when do you start foliar spraying plants? I don't, I don't foliar spray. Um, I never, never really got into foliar feeding. Um, so, and that's just not something I do. I, I, I feed only, you know, through the soil. That's it. Plus, your lights are always on. What's that, Jesse? I said your lights are always on. Yeah, I mean, I'm running 24 hours of light. I mean, there are some foliar sprays out there that you can use with the lights on. But... Um, okay. Yeah, I, I don't foil your feed. I let I let these plants eat everything up that's in the soil, and then I, I start uh, feeding them with nutrients through the soil, through the roots. I'm not saying that you can't. I'm just saying that's not the method I use. So um, are there any questions left, or are we almost on to the giveaway? Yeah, yeah, we got, we got, we got questions. I'm still rocking through them here uh, from Central Park Reserves. Besides vigor and seedlings, what is the, the next thing you look for when running a pheno hunt? Oh, man, we're talking about breeding there. 
Um, I look for a whole lot of different things besides vigor. Any everything from structure to symmetry. Um, you know, it's, it's just a, a whole lot of stuff I look for when I'm when I'm running a phenol hunt, and we can talk about that in uh, in the BDM Central Parks. We got uh, Max Auto. Winds mean spell coming. Uh, so the the uh, stickers for the packaging will be here supposedly tomorrow. So I'm hoping to drop the moon spell like by this weekend. You'll definitely know if, if that happens. So by Friday, Saturday, I'm hoping to have everything ready to go on the website. And uh, everybody will be, I'll let everybody know about that. So. And Gatsby, this is the last question. When growing outdoors, when you mist your plants, like with a spray bottle, can that cause brown spots? Um, so think about it like this. Uh, if, if you mist your arm out under the sun, right, the light can go through that little droplet of water and create like a magnifying glass effect, right? So it can do it to the plant as well. But if you're having, yeah, send me pictures, Gatsby. I'd like to see these brown spots because brown spots can mean pests as well. So you always want to be on the lookout for that. It can be deficiencies, but you'll never know until you go and you start inspecting those leaves, making sure you have no pests first, you know. Make sure you have no pests and then move on from there before you actually go the deficiency or, you know, just a burn mark. And so you said that was the last question? Um, I got one more. It looks okay, like... I have one after. Okay. Let's see. No, that, that was it. That was it. Okay. So when you just, like, you were just talking about how um, pests can cause brown spots. So mm -hmm. And so can deficiencies, but also so can pH. There's many mm -hmm. things that can cause... Yeah, there's a lot of looking issues. Um, what I like to tell people when they hit me in the DMs with a question or with, uh, you know, with a concern about their plants is to always start with a solution that's much easier to solve or start with a problem that's much easier to solve. You know what I mean? So, like you said, you got to check if you have bugs first. If you don't have bugs, then you can move on to something that isn't so immediate. And you can check the, the, the pH of your soil. Right. And but what I always suggest is that or what I kind of maybe I believe is that a, a toxicity or a deficiency is much harder to achieve than a pH imbalance or a pest. Does that make sense? Yeah. Well, yeah. Outdoors that like when you start talking, I mean, just to be honest with you, when you start talking about brown spot outdoors, I, the first thing that comes to my mind is pests because I've, I've grown outdoors a lot. And uh, that's one of the biggest things to uh, that you're competing with outdoors is number one is pests and number two is the environment, the weather. And so when you start talking about brown spots, like the first thing that, you know, when the light comes on is, is pests. So that's the first thing outdoors I'd be looking for and, and indoors as well. But more outdoors than anything because that's where the pests thrive you know so mm -hmm. but, but yeah like like start with pests you know and 
and you know you should be inspecting your plants you know throughout the week every time you're in a grow room look at your plants make sure you have no pests um and and start looking for things like deficiencies and so forth uh, and because of deficiencies there's so many deficiencies that can cause spotting and, and brown spots so the first thing check for pests you know check your check the ph of your soil make sure you're phing your 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 grow and um you know move on from there to deficiency because even even letting even letting a plant dry out too much or overwatering can start causing spotting in your in your in your fan leaves you know that's that's generally where you're going to see uh, a deficiency first is in your fan leaves and um so yeah there you go now should we get to the giveaway um one more question is 82 too hot for flower yes indeed um in flower uh with leds and with uh you know with the metal high halide um like 75 degrees uh you you'll be all right 73 to 75 is generally where i run in flower and what what are, what why not so hot if it's hot what if you can't get your temps down? What you need to try as, as much as you can to get your temps down. I'm not saying that the plant won't produce uh, flower. I'm just saying that the 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 ultimate you know temperature range for flower you know you don't want to be you want to try to stay you know 73 to 75. What are some ways? Well, okay, yeah, <clears throat> fair enough. Um, there's another question. Kamal says, uh, he fights with the rain in there in Florida. I have my plant outside. Um, some of the small bud. Any tips? So so if if you got a lot of rain where you're at, after it rains, go out and shake your shake your plant. Shake that excess moisture off. Uh, try, try to get a lot of that stuff, especially like if you're in flower, you need to be shaking that moisture off because you don't want to get, you know, mold or mildew on your plants so go out there try to shake it off you can get a leaf blower as well you know don't just blast the plant over with a leaf blower but you know back up from it try to get that plant dry the best as you can and that looks like all the questions so we will wrap it up Well, that concludes today's class everyone to catch these classes live make sure to hop over to the instagram and give us a follow at the autoflower show classes in session every sunday at 10 a.m pst for the duration of the crop it would also mean the world to us if you could subscribe here on spotify or whatever platform you're finding us on and until next time everybody i'm jesse b always baked but never burnt cheers <laughs>